Hello, Sojo fans. Welcome to episode two of Shoujo Sunday. This week we'll be discussing episodes three to five of Maid Sama. Let's dig in. off last time. Sekahai had its annual school festival and Misaki used that opportunity to clean up the school's image and make it more welcoming for possible girl applicants. The class two boys rebelled against the cafe idea created by the girls in their class to instead do a combat cosplay cafe. Mizaki saves the day by showing off her service skills from her work as a maid and the class two boys who decided to abandon the project altogether joined back in after Yuzui started helping Mizaki out. Mizaki later thanks Yuzui for his suggestion on being more considerate of the class two boys' feelings. And yeah, so that was the last episode. So we are going to get into episode three. So here's our soft serve summary. Maid Latte, the shop that Mizaki works at, is hosting a Little Sister Day, which entails the maids acting as if they are the little sister of the customers that come into the shop. Satsuki, Mizaki's manager, is adamant that this day will evoke feelings of moe, which is strong affection, between the maid and the customer, leading to more sales. Given that Mizaki is an older sister to a younger sister and not really knowledgeable on what an affectionate slash loving dynamic with the opposite sex looks like, she is stumped on how she could possibly act this out. Will Mizaki be able to pull this off? Later on, Maid Latte also hosts another event called Maid Power Rangers Day, where each maid needs to choose the color that suits them best. What color will Mizaki choose? Okay, so that is our summary. I guess for themes, I said that you can do anything if you set your mind to it. Mine is perseverance outside of our comfort zone can lead to success. Yes, that's actually beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I'd say also Yuzui's admiration and concern for Mizaki is a theme of this episode. Because mm-hmm. as you touched on, while he admires her persevering personality, although he's also concerned about what she puts her bodies through. Yeah. So for Sprinkle on Top, which is us talking about symbolism, we'd say that the color white being a symbol of Mizaki's purity and heart, despite her approach to things, I guess her delivery, like when she's talking to people. Yeah. Usui puts it that she walks along the path that she chooses without being affected by others. So she's very, I don't want to say set in her ways, but she's confident in herself enough to not take others' opinions too much to heart. Right. She's not easily influenced. Yes, that's what I meant. (laughs) That's what I was going for. Okay, so now we're going to get into Floats Your Boat, which is us talking about what we liked about the episode. So to sort of touch on this, I thought it was actually really interesting to see Mizaki's co-workers, Hanoka and Erika, how they were so passionate about Little Sisters Day. I mean, I guess, you know, whatever makes 
them happy and stuff. But it was interesting to see them get like so in spirit about a particular theme day at Maid Latte. Yeah, I think that's the most excitement we've seen from Misaki's co-workers for any given special occasion at the cafe. Yeah, yeah. Like most of the time, I would say like her co-workers are a bit more in the background mm-hmm. than other supporting characters. So like we would hear more from Shizuku and Sakura than we would hear from her co-workers. So it's nice to just see them talk more. Yeah. Although I would say that something that was a little weird for me, and I mean, I guess this is technically go in ice cream, you scream. But what was a little weird for me was just seeing how Hinoka really felt about Mizaki in this episode. I thought that was a little weird for her to say that Mizaki's conceited and it's just like, what? Yeah, I absolutely have that as one of my top ice cream you scream points. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, just her calling her conceited when Misakei was really just trying to step out of her comfort zone for the sake of the cafe and try something that she wasn't used to. Yeah, just something that I like about Mizaki is that even though she's uncomfortable with the idea of Little Sister's Day, like, she's so on board with trying to make it happen and to make sure that she can do it. And I guess that also just touches on something else that I liked about the episode. And in general about this series is Satsuki. She is such a supportive manager of Mizaki, and she Mm -hmm. literally was just like, hey, you know, if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to do this day, you know, you could just do another day. So I think that it's really nice to see Satsuki just acknowledge that this particular event might be hard on Mizaki and to give her that out. Absolutely. I love Satsuki. Her kindness towards Mizaki and the rest of the maids really just warms my heart. She has so many creative theme day ideas and they're always like a highlight of the episode for me. Made Rangers Day, I feel like is such a fantastic concept for a theme day. Yeah. And on that in particular, I think it's even nicer that she says that she gave all of the other girls the opportunity to pick whatever color they wanted first before she would choose, even going so far as to let them pick colors that she wanted and she's the manager and she could be like, well, I'm this, so pick something else, you know? Yeah, I think it's just really nice to see how caring she is and like, I mean, yes, this is an anime, but that is definitely something you'd see in a good manager is someone that can just acknowledge where everyone's coming from and like try to figure out a way to make everyone feel included. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that it was also nice. And this is something that I noticed in general throughout the series, or at least what we've seen so far, is that as soon as Yuzui found out that Mizaki was working at Made Latte, If he doesn't go into the store to hang out with her, he'll, like, show up at the end of her shift and, like, walk her home. And I thought that was really sweet of him to do that. Yeah, for sure. Very gentlemanly of him. Yes, although I would say Yuzui is, like, he's almost perfect. He's almost there. And when it came to talking about colors, of course, he had to be a little bit perverted when he he was talking (laughs) to Mizaki to just be like, oh, you should go with the transparent color. Like, come on now. Yeah, I think he was just trying to see what her reaction would be because he probably knew that was absolutely ridiculous to say. He just probably wanted to get a reaction out of her. Yeah. So, I mean, I get why he does it. But then at the same time, it's just like, oh, like you're almost perfect. Usually, no. 
(laughs) (laughs) There's just little itty bitty things Usui does that aren't so perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So also in the meantime, we see our three goons, our favorite goons. Mm. And one of them, I think it's Ikuto. But one of them is drawing and he's trying to come up with like a detailed message for Mizaki, even though she just tolerates them, which one I thought that was really sweet that <laughs> they wanted to like leave her a personalized message. And I also just like their conversation in general and them like learning more about one another and seeing that, you know, one of them's actually an otaku. And I was like, oh, OK, we're kindred spirits. Yeah. We're otakus here. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, it was Ikuto who was drawing and he- he drew a strikingly good picture of Misaki. <laughs> it was really, really sweet. Yeah, I also love that they refer to her as Misachan now. Like after episode one and they're like big tough guys and now they're just literal fanboys trying to write like a middle school crush message essentially <laughs> in a notebook for her. The turnaround, I, it's hard to like ever get over that. I think it's so funny. It's crazy. They were literally about to beat her ass to be honest in the first episode. <laughs> they really were though. And now they're just like, oh, Misa Chan. I mean, you know, people change. But yeah, it's interesting to see that. It's a little whiplashy but I like it. Yeah, my interpretation, I can't remember if I said this in the last episode or not. The moe was so strong that they were turned into complete softies by the sight of Maid Misaki, which is super ridiculous, but I'm here for it because it's just like a funny side plot with no stakes that we can just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely prefer them being the way that they are now than how they were in the very beginning. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Also in this episode, we get to see Misaki spending more time with Sakura and Shizuku and also just trying to figure out how she can pull off this little sister act. And so she's talking to them about their families. And I just love the fact that we have this whole mini segment about Shizuku's family and how they all wear glasses. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's so cute the way Sakura just gushes about it. Like she can't get over the fact that they all wear glasses. It's so cute. Yeah, the whole thing is just really heartwarming. And Miss Aki, so she's still trying to figure out how to be the little sister that everyone wants her to be at Maid Latte. And the day finally comes and she has her twin tails up Mm -hmm. and Yuzu is in the shop and he is giving her the hardest time. Oh, truly. Now, I think he was just doing it for fun, but it wasn't really going the way she wanted it to go. Yeah, again, I think he just wanted to get a rise out of her. Even funnier that that happened on Little Sister Day. Yeah. Not that he's a big brother character, but I think he went into Maid Latte playing a big brother character to tease her until she snapped just to see what would happen. Yeah. So he does this and she does finally snap and yell and everybody in the cafe just stops and looks at her and she's trying to figure out how to save face and it looks like Yuzui is gonna leave and then she just says oh well you know you maybe you can come back you know again sometime but the way she did it it hit everyone's heartstrings because she unlocked a whole different type of moe which is a sundere moe yes <laughs> which I mean I guess just because of the fact 
the everyone on on the team with her was talking about cutesy sisters like there are different types of sisters that you know honestly can't stand their brothers so i think that her being able to unlock this type of sister character is a bit more true to how more brother sister dynamics than just the sweet affectionate kind but everyone liked it they were all blushing they had the little blush lines oh yes yeah and so i was just like oh okay that's cute and i think outside of that so or at least the next day so the next day they're back at seika high and of course yuzui is getting confessed to as always as expected because we got to remember he's desirable oh yes (laughs) (laughs) so he's getting confessed to and he's watching misaki at the same time and she's like in the library like talking to somebody and so while he is watching Mizaki, he actually sees her save another student that almost got hurt because the ladder, you know, those ladders that are in older libraries or at least in different types of fiction. So they had one of those like ladders and it was falling and Mizaki physically uses her arm to block the ladder from hitting one of the male students that was in the library with her. And so Yuzui is just watching this all happen and the girl is confessing that she likes him and so to reject her (laughs) he goes on the extreme quite (laughs) quite he says that he only likes maids hint hint Mm -hmm. (laughs) misaki but he only likes maids and he likes their outfits he likes to dress up as them He likes to look at them. Basically just told this girl he's obsessed with them, right? And he starts walking away. And the girl is just like, I can become what you want. Girl. Girl. Girl, no. Just no. Like, don't change yourself for a man. Absolutely not. Just don't change yourself. Adi. <laughs> Jojo Sunday fam. PSA. Don't change yourself. <laughs> yes. Don't change yourself for anybody. They gotta love you for you. Absolutely. If you change yourself for somebody, that person is falling in love with someone who isn't you because you weren't yourself. It's not worth it. It's not. You've got to be you the whole time. Yeah. Okay? Like, just don't do that. Don't do it. But yeah. So the girl's like, oh, I can be what you want. He's just like, no. And like, walks off. And then later on, Yuzui catches Mizaki and he's just like, you should strip. Which, I mean, this just gets to that heart of the fact that Yuzui takes things way too far. Ah, yes, we meet again, Usui taking things too far. (laughs) It's just like, bruh, come on. You saw her, and the reason why he said that is just because he wants to help her with her arm because he saw the ladder fall on it. Yeah. And so he wanted to help bandage her up. But he could quite literally just say, I want to bandage you up. I saw what happened. Right. He didn't have to tell her to strip. Or like, can I see your arm? Yeah. Is your arm okay? There's like a bunch of different things he could have said that weren't strip and they were all better. They were all better than that. But either way, they go to the nurse's office. He's bandaging her arm. We're thinking, where's the nurse? Where is the nurse? Where is the faculty? Uh. <laughs> 
like where are they oh my god but yeah so he bandages her arm and eventually yuzui and satsuki agree you know as per usual yuzui is watching misaki at work but they agree that misaki has all of these good charms and she is someone who can't be easily influenced and so they just decide that white is the best color for her yeah and i thought that was really nice oh for sure i think that was a great choice for misaki i also really love during that conversation that usui has with satsuki when they're both concerned about her working too hard with her arm yeah injured satsuki mentions that she wants to keep an extra eye on misaki for the night to make sure that she's okay and usui says not to let her notice or she'll end up working even harder yeah and just seeing so many people recognize how hard misaki is working and that it's difficult for her to accept help really really warmed my heart acts of service is for sure one of my like top love languages so it's super speaking to my soul how usui and her manager just want to make sure she's okay and lighten her load where they can yeah and they know her well enough that they have to do it in a way that she doesn't notice yeah where then she'll like make things harder on herself i really like that interaction i think it's just in general, I mean, despite the fact that we know that Uzui likes Mizaki, I think it's just good to see people being so attentive to someone. Yeah. And being able to acknowledge who they are as a person enough to know, like, okay, this is how we should handle this situation. And this is the color that suits this person. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now we're into Ice Cream You Scream, guys. So, Little Sister Day is weird for me. Yeah, it's for sure weird. It gives off some really uncomfortable vibes. Yeah. I just think that it encourages parasocial relationships between minors and customers, given the fact that Mizaki is still in school and the customers, I mean, unless it's the goons, are not in school. Yeah. I was so stuck on the incestuousness of it all that I didn't even really think about the parasocial relationship aspect of it. I feel like that's such an interesting point. And we see like down the line in episode five that there really are some creeps out there who might take things way too far if they get too comfortable with their server. So right. that's yet another valid reason for this to be uncomfortable. Yeah, the incestuous vibe is just weird. This isn't to say like that there aren't sibling relationships that are affectionate and are like sweet. It's just that that's not the vibe. <laughs> like y'all aren't really This isn't doing what you want it to do. Yeah, when Maid Latte is out here creating, like, a fantasy environment, I don't think it's always a platonic vibe. So, Little Sister Day just comes off extra weird because of that. Yeah. I do have a suggestion, perhaps, that could have scratched the itch that the writers were going for with Little Sister Day being a theme. And now, I hope I'm getting the term right. (laughs) If I'm not getting the term right, come for me on Twitter at at Gianna underscore Luna underscore. Just tear me to shreds. Um, Perhaps they could have gone with Kohai Day or something like that. Kohai being student under you as opposed yeah. to, it's the opposite of senpai, which is older student. So they could have been calling the customer senpai. It's like similar, but not yeah. as bad as little sister. I mean, maybe it's not perfect, but it still feels better than little sister to me personally. Yeah, it feels better because it's not relational yeah. in that sense and stuff. So it's 
not as weird. Also, don't come for Gianna because <laughs> I will come for you Aww. on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'm at Chica Supreme. So like, don't even try it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that would definitely have been a better type of day that they could have done. So something that I highly disliked was when Mizaki was gaining her research on how to be a little sister. She hears this conversation amongst the class two boys that were talking to Yukimura about his sister. Yeah. And they were asking him about his sister sister's underwear and it was so disturbing because it also touches on that whole incestuous vibe that we got from the little sister day in the first place Mm -hmm. why would somebody's brother be looking at his sister's underwear in that type of way yeah for sure i don't even have the word full disclosure i am a little sister and that a thousand percent does not happen a thousand and fifty million percent is not a thing (laughs) like no 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 no. i was so disturbed i was just like i don't know what's wrong with y'all like the writers sometimes they skew too far into the left of like the boys and seikai being overly horny or yeah into i guess their sexual awakening and stuff and it's just when it gets into things like this i am thoroughly grossed out yeah me too i would also say although we sort of touched on this at the beginning when it comes to like hanoka not liking mizaki it really came out of left field for me and mm-hmm. I highly dislike that because everything that Mizaki is doing and going through, I feel that for somebody to just not see Mizaki for who she is, the person she is, and then they work with her every day, like, it's hard to make sense out of that. Yeah. All of her, I guess, critiques, for lack of a better word right now, about Misaki, calling her conceited, saying she wasn't trying hard enough, are things that definitely don't embody Misaki so she's having this opinion formed somehow and I don't know how she's making it up the only thing I could think of is it's jealousy and she's just jealous of Misaki for earning attention attention that's well deserved and I'm, I'm wondering if it was just a this episode side plot or if we'll see it explored in Hanukkah's character development perhaps throughout the series I somehow doubt it but maybe it'll become a thing that's touched on later I want her to see Mizaki like the way that Satsuki sees Mizaki and yeah stuff. I think to be jealous of the attention that Mizaki gets and it's just like okay but if you were in Mizaki's shoes would you even be doing the same things that she's doing yeah like would she be able to carry the weights that misaki carries daily like i personally don't think so so it's just like you can only admire her for being able to do all of those things but we'll see if they like bring that back up in a later episode Mm -hmm. and then lastly although we also touched on this earlier i am so sick of Seika High not having faculty. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I, I hate it. Why is Yuzui bandaging? Is he so he's a cook and a doctor? Yeah, apparently he's qualified for both. Who knew? That ladder falling on her arm, like, isn't that a safety hazard? So shouldn't they get better ladders in the library? Like, I don't know. It's just... To be honest, me and the faculty at Seika High have beef. And we'll figure out <laughs> if it gets better <laughs> when the 
series goes on. Yeah. But we officially have beef. I'm right there with you. Okay, do you have any more ice cream you scream? I did have one small ice cream you scream. Okay. I wasn't a very big fan of, and I know this is controversial because I love our three idiots. I was not a very big fan over them over-sexualizing Misaki when they were talking about drawing her the picture. And oh, yeah. Usui asks them which color would suit her and they can't decide on a color. And then one of them, it pans away so you don't see which one mentions it. They start talking about like black lace and strawberry panties. It just feels kind of yucky discussing like high schoolers talking about this, which is also not to mention all of the SM references in the show that keep coming up. It comes up so much. It's like as soon as you think that they're sweet, or maybe that's just the thing with the boys in this series. As soon as you think that they're sweet, they do something perverted that just shuts everything down. Yeah, maybe that's the pattern. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Well, now we are getting into episode four. Oh boy. So, we have trigger warnings. Yes. Full transparency. This episode deals with the fetishization or infantilization of young individuals. There's also exposure to misunderstandings and hate toward the LGBTQ plus community. And there's also violence against an individual from the LGBTQ plus community. Yes, we're going to be discussing the LGBTQIA plus community in this episode, specifically the trans community, if that's not your cup of tea. Just letting you know, this show is run by a bunch of bisexuals, so maybe we're not the show for you. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, hey. This episode also gets pretty heavy, but we're going to do our best to navigate it as smoothly as possible as two cis women who haven't lived the experience of a trans person. We also think it's clear that Owie prefers to present as female, and pronouns in the episode were really back and forth, so we've decided to refer to Owie as they, and we hope that's okay with you listening. But take it away, Chica. Okay, so getting into our soft serve summary. Satsuki's relative, Owie Kyodo, visits Maid Latte after running away from home and school. Aoi is a famous influencer who is really into Victorian slash maid fashion and has a large online following. After seeing Yuzui acting as a backup cook for Maid Latte, Aoi decides to seduce him and hilarity ensues. Will we learn more about who Aoi is? Also, will Aoi be successful in elevating Mizaki's style? Okay, so the theme for this episode is be who you are, but give people a chance to get to know you before jumping to conclusions. I like that. That's much more detailed than what I have. I just took a quote that Misaki said later in the episode, which was being yourself is the most important thing. Yeah, actually, even though mine was long, I think yours is more to the point. I think we both did pretty good. I'm high-fiving you through the computer. (laughs) Same. Okay, do you have any sprinkles on top? I don't. I have a really stupid sprinkle on top. So this is just a really silly side comment. Aoi being referred to as a net idol makes me want to refer to influencers as that from now on. It gives off hello fellow kids vibes. I think it's really silly. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's actually really cute though. I mean, I'm nowhere near an influencer, but I would much rather somebody call me a net idol. That makes me feel more important. It's a whole other can of worms. We can't get into that right now. 
<laughs> no, I also had a very extremely silly observation. Having grown up in the early 2000s on the computer back in those days using America Online AOL, yeah, I thought Owie's name kind of looks like AOL. It does. And I, it's for sure not a reference, but in my heart, it is. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of those days of like AIM. Everybody used to be on AIM. Good old days. It is the good old days. Okay, so float to your boat. So what I will say is I really appreciate the fact that Satsuki took Aoi into her home once Aoi like ran away. Absolutely. I thought that was really good to see family supporting their family. And this was prior to us figuring out what Aoi's identity was. So I had that remark off the gate before we knew who Aoi was, but I thought that was sweet. And outside of that, I also thought that it's good that Yuzui is always around because he's always able to help. So in this episode, we start off at Maid Latte and come to find out the cook isn't able to show up. And so Yuzui decides that, oh, you know what? I can step in and be a backup cook. Now, <laughs> he had to actually create like a sample amu rice, which is just like eggs on top of rice, y'all. But he had to create like a sample amu rice, but apparently it tasted so good that they were just like, oh, okay, we're going to have you work as our backup. So I thought that was awesome. Oh, yeah. The over-the-top cooking montage was one of the highlights of the episode for me, for sure. Yes, I definitely prefer that cooking montage than to Food Wars. If anyone of y'all has watched Food Wars, y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember a long time ago putting that on because it, it was recommended to me by a friend and I hadn't watched a lot of anime yet. And I don't think I got through the first episode because <laughs> it was too much for me. It was dark. And then I think I found out maybe a couple weeks ago that the mangaka, either the mangaka or the person that was directing the actual anime has a hentai background. Ah, and it all it makes shows. sense. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but we prefer, we prefer how it was done in this episode of Maid Sama. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah. So, Yuzui is acting as a backup cook and we meet Aoi and Aoi wants to dress up as one of the maids. Well, Satsuki says no because Aoi is actually too young to be working because Aoi is in middle school. Mm -hmm. But despite being in middle school, Aoi has a really big following online. A lot of people like their photos, their outfits, their style. It was interesting to see, like, I guess the personification of a younger influencer. Mm -hmm. We have more thoughts on this. We might get into that in Ice Cream, Ice Cream. Yes. But anyway, Aoi shows up. Everyone gets to know who they are. And Aoi notices Yuzui and also Mizaki. So Aoi notices Yuzui and it's just like, oh, okay, Yuzui is going to be my next conquest, which, you know what? I get it. I mean, a I lot of it, other yeah. people <laughs> in the show would get it too. Everyone in the Maid-sama universe seems to think the same thing. I loved in particular, this is one of my very specific floats your boat points, when Aoi sets their eyes on Usui for the first time when he's walking through the door to enter Maid Latte, the word pheromones just circles Usui. 
I love the funny touches in the animation so much. Like, apparently there's nothing hotter than a stoic blonde boy in this universe. Yes, with spiky hair. (laughs) Yes. I thought that was funny, too. I would say also while Aoi is getting used to Uzui, they are also getting used to Mizaki. Mm-hmm. And so something that just also touches a little bit on ice cream used to cream, but something that Aoi doesn't like is the way that Mizaki conducts herself and how she dresses. And Aoi complains a lot about Mizaki's lack of femininity, but something that we noted in the last episode is that Mizaki is like a pure hearted person and she's not easily influenced. So she doesn't take any of the comments that Aoi is saying to heart, mm-hmm. which is good to see. Yeah. Especially at that age, you know, like being in high school and all of that, like it's easy to get caught up in people's opinions and stuff. Yeah, that probably would have shattered my whole day if someone was saying the things that Aoi was saying to Misaki to me. Right. Yeah, I think honestly it would hurt my feelings as well. So I'm glad that she's so strong that she just lets it kind of slide off her. Mm Mm-hmm. I meant specifically, by the way, at Misaki's age. I don't know how much it would affect me now, but at 16, oh, for sure. Definitely. I mean, now it would just kind of be like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does what I do matter to you so much? Right, right. But at that age, a whole different story. Yeah. So throughout the episode, we end up seeing Aoi doing what they can to get Uzui's attention. And Uzui is not budging. So one point, Uzui comes into the shop and he goes to like sit down. And Aoi wants to invite themselves to Uzui's table. And then Uzui says no. And Aoi does not like that. Then later on, because, well, at least since Satsuki owns Maid Latte and Aoi is their relative, they go back and forth from being within the shop and seeing their admirers like the three goons. They all love Aoi. (laughs) Going to the back and like talking to the staff and stuff. And so one of those times, Aoi goes to the back and Mizaki is changing. And to begin with, Aoi is embarrassed, which I mean, Given the fact that Aoi is in middle school, I was embarrassed seeing other people change too. Like, I mean, I wasn't trying to look at anybody. Yeah. Before I did theater, it was for sure something I was more shy about. Yeah. Well, I mean, after the I did theater too. After theater, it's just kind of like, whoop, well, <laughs> don't got time for this. We got the next scene. Yep. Don't care who's there. Keep going. Keep going. But either way, so at that point, Aoi's just talking to Mizaki about how she is, how she dresses, stuff like that. Mizaki's not even taking it too seriously. And then Uzui gets to the back. He is doing some work for Maid Latte. And Aoi approaches Uzui to say, like, I want you, right? Which middle school, like, I mean, I would say I like you first before I would say anything like that. Yeah, that phrase was not in my vernacular in middle school by any stretch. Not at all. I was still like on the touch of like playing with dolls. Like I wouldn't really play with dolls, but you know, like I was still young. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that far. Yeah. If I hugged my crush at that age, it was a big deal. It was. It was. And there was like a thorough recap later. 
Oh, yes, always. So, yeah, so Aoi says that they want Uzui, and Uzui is just like, do you even know what that means? Which I was just like, yeah, applause, because yes, do you even know what that means? But Mm -hmm. as per usual, Uzui takes things too far. Yeah. So he does that whole, like, move, you know, like when you're up against the wall, and then they put their arm beside your head and stuff, as if to, like, sort of intimidate you. Now, if you're, like, grown and all that like that could be kind of hot but in that sort of encounter it wasn't really cute right and then all of a sudden they ended up falling down so they were on top of each other and Mizaki comes in and she sees it and at that point you know she sends Uzui flying which Loki I appreciate that because it's like I really liked his approach until he took that too far yeah same so that part is in my floats your boat yes she sends Uzui's ass flying then Mizaki slaps Aoi And personally, I don't think violence is really necessary. I understand where she was coming from. I don't think that it's necessary. I also think that, you know, she is very confident to do that to her boss's relative. Oh, right, right. I didn't even think of that angle. Yeah. Yeah, because that could be a bit sticky. Yeah. But I appreciate her feeling the need to do something just because it's important that Mizaki corrected Aoi's behavior. You know, because Aoi had been testing everyone's limits, but particularly Uzui's limits the entire time. And I guess you could also say this is one of the rare times where Mizaki, in a way, comes to Uzui's defense. Oh, yeah. To say that Aoi didn't need to go that far. And it was during this interaction that we learned that Aoi is a trans individual. So they were born a boy, they present themselves, and we acknowledge them as a girl because that's their preference. Aoi was wearing a wig at the time, so it like started falling off. And then you just start to get all of Aoi's backstory. Yeah, it's kind of muddy trying to figure out identity and pronouns because the way it's handled in the episode is so unclear. Yeah. We're doing the best we can, guys. Aoi was born male, presents as female, and the pronouns are back and forth in the episode, so we're going with they. We're doing our best. I hope it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, because the pronouns are just so all over the place that we're making a concerted effort to say they, them in reference to Aoi. Right. Because it seems like they were comfortable with both he, him, and she, her throughout the episode. So we're just taking a, a middle ground. Yeah. I don't know how prevalent they, them pronouns were back in 2010, so I don't know if the writers even saw it as an option at the time. I feel like it's also just sort of a mix, like not even with just the writers, also the translators as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, true. Yeah, so it's possible that they were using those pronouns before it was translated, and then I guess given the climate at that time when the anime was coming out, it was a fresh thing or people were still learning more about it so that's why we see like a whole smorgasbord of pronouns in this episode yeah and there is a history not to go off on a tangent it's a quick sentence i promise there is a history of americanized content from japan removing transness from the media yeah i think specifically if i'm recalling correctly there's a character in paper mario who is a trans character but they edited it 
to just be I believe she her pronouns. I'm not that familiar with the game, but that is something someone I trust told me. So this could be the case. Yeah. But again, yeah. we're doing the best we can. Don't hate us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so after Aoi's wig falls, Aoi proceeds to tell Misaki like all of the stuff that they have been dealing with at home and at school. And what I love about Misaki is how easily she accepts Aoi for who they are. Absolutely. That was one of my top notes. I loved the way that Misaki lent them an ear to vent and consistently showed support through the entire episode. Yeah, so I really loved that. And then I also love just the fact that Mizaki took time to correct Aoi's behavior for their benefit. I thought that that was also really good to see as well. Yeah. And then I guess post that happening, because I don't want to get into a particular ice cream you scream, post that happening, we see the three goons talking about how much they like Aoi mm -hmm. and how much they like Mizaki. And that comic relief was so needed in such a heavy episode. Yeah, I love that they swoop in with the comic relief with the three idiots. Always pristinely timed. Amazing. Yeah. So the next day, Ali and Mizaki are walking together like outside of Maid Latte. And Aoi is learning a bit more about Misaki. And while there are some things that Aoi said that I didn't particularly like, I will agree that Misaki can be quite reckless. So during this walk, at least when they were going back to Maid Latte, they witness a girl getting robbed. And Misaki just includes, invades into the situation. I know that's not the right word. It's like, I don't know. She just gets into the situation that has nothing to do with her and like body slams this guy so that he will stop stealing from, will stop running away from the woman that he stole from. And at that point, Aoi is just chiding her for being so reckless, which I completely agree because like she really could get hurt one of these days, which I guess heavy foreshadowing. Yeah, that's a point that I'm a little torn about. Because it's definitely reckless and she should for sure be more careful. Mm -hmm. She was also the closest person to the incident and had the ability to do something about it. She knew it was within her strength. So I do think it's good that she sprung into action. I just hope that she always uses good judgment before she does something like that. Yeah. But I think for me, I like that she springs into action. So I like the fact that she wanted to support this other woman that was clearly in distress. So I do like that aspect. I just dislike the body slamming and stuff because you don't know what that purse snatcher guy like has on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like weapon wise. So that's like where I was coming from. But I do like the fact that, you know, she did what she could to help out the situation. And so Aoi, I think also partially admired Mizaki for being able to take charge like that. So they were trying to give uh, Mizaki advice by saying that, well, one, she could get hurt one of these days for continuing to do that. But then they also say that Uzui is like gonna leave, essentially. But like, Mizaki isn't... Which, I mean, I think eventually Aoi understands this. Mizaki hasn't fully recognized, like, her romantic feelings toward Uzui yet. Yeah. 
she's just more comfortable seeing him as like a friend or basically as an alien. She likes also insulting him too. So yeah, which that's also something that they got from the manga. I like have a distinct memory of her calling him an alien like all of the time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it was nice to see that little callback. And of course, during that purse snatcher scuffle, she had a rip in her jacket. And so Aoi decides that they're going to, you know, fix the jacket for her. But actually, Aoi ends up making Mizaki a dress, (laughs) which I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. I thought you a little mending, a little like here or there, whatever, not like a dress. So I thought that was really nice that they did that for her. Yeah, for sure. Although it wasn't her style. No, not her style. (laughs) With the minimal sewing that I've ever done, I know that that takes a lot of time to do. So the fact that they took all the time to make her a whole dress, I think that's really sweet. Yeah. And then I also just like seeing that Ali makes a way for themselves to like wear the things that they want and so because they already like certain styles the fact that Aoi took the time to learn such a hard skill at a very young age because Aoi is in middle school yeah I definitely applaud them for that absolutely yeah so that's the end of my floats your boat do you have any other points I guess before we go to ice cream you scream I have two very short very specific points that will be very quick Mm -hmm. so The way Usui greets Misaki at the cafe with a very cute, I'm back, Misa-chan, really got my heart thumping. I thought that was adorable. Yeah, that's very cute. And there was one instance where Usui shut down Aoi that made me laugh out loud. (laughs) When Aoi is trying to cutely be like, make me an omelet rice. Usui's like, order it then. (laughs) Like, so flatly. (laughs) And I I lost it. I thought that was the perfect response. Like, way to shut it down, Usui. Yeah, I appreciated that too. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I've got for Flitz Your Boat. Okay, so for ice cream, you scream. There are many things that I disliked about the episode. First of them being the fact that Aoi's parents kicked him out of the house and yeah. that they had to run away from the school. I really, really, I really detest that. Yeah, being disowned by their parents not once but twice in the episode is extremely heartbreaking, especially considering how they identify. Yeah, and I think like, especially at such a young age, it's really important. One, the fact that Ali had the confidence to just be themselves consistently. So like at school, at home, that type of courage is something to be applauded. And I think that, I mean, I guess it's kind of a strong thing to say, but it's just like, if you can't accept your child for who they are, then maybe you should think about having kids. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Like in certain circumstances, it's kind of like, you know, they already do it or whatever, like, or the child is already there. But I sincerely think that if you can't accept your child for being whoever they are, when they grow to be their own individual, then you shouldn't have kids because that's not right to like kick out your child at such a young age. It's harmful. That was just entirely too messed up. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. 
I don't even know what to add. You you put it very nicely. I want people to know, like, I mean, obviously we're part of the community, but it's like we are allies. We are like sisters within this fight, you know, like mm-hmm. we are here, you know, for you guys. Absolutely. Don't ever question that, you know, Shoujo Sunday is a place that is open to anyone from any community, especially our own community. Yes, Shoujo Sunday, Shoujo Sungay. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, if we ever make a t-shirt, though. Please, oh my god, can we please have Shoujo Sungay t-shirts? We'll need them for next year's uh, Pride Month. <laughs> yes, oh, that'll be so much fun. Please, yes. Okay, so I guess outside of that, something else that I didn't particularly like was the fact that Aoi is a net idol and in middle school. Yeah. I think that that is really scary in general to see. And that just goes to that trigger warning, you know, of like the fetishization of young individuals. Aoi is really into like hyper feminine styles, Victorian dresses, like looks very doll-like, Lolita-like even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when dressed the way that they want to. And so it's very concerning for me that they have this online presence and that there are people that like love them, like the three goons like gushed over Ali. And it's just like, to begin with, this is a child. Mm-hmm. I know that they're technically also minors, but still, this is a child, like, no. And there's also people that I'm sure are much older that are following Ali's content. So I was uncomfortable with that as well. I agree. I don't think that junior high is an appropriate age to become an influencer, no matter what your gender identity is. Yeah. Aoi is seeking validation from strangers because they can't get that validation from their family. And to a degree, that's like a natural response. But I don't think this in particular is the safest way of getting that validation and acceptance. It's just super heartbreaking. Like, it's extra heartbreaking because Aoi really isn't at the age to seek out found family yet. Yeah. Because kids tease and bully quicker than they will accept somebody identifying as something unfamiliar or different to them. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, it's one thing to try to build community, but the entire episode, Aoi was looking at men as sort of like a conquest. Yeah. And Aoi, like we said, we mean, we've been talking about this the whole time. Aoi is very young. So it's scary to see, even in a fictional context, it's scary to see a young trans person in Aoi's situation, but then also dealing with grown men. Mm, yeah. At such a young age, because as everyone knows, there are so many trans women that are murdered every day that come out to their partners that don't. And, you know, I, I think when it comes to that particular issue, I think it's personally, it's up to the trans person. I just feel like in in this particular circumstance, because of the fact that Aoi is so young, is something I personally can't get over. Mm-hmm. I can't really detach, like, the one thing from the other and, and stuff. I wonder what would happen to their fans if they learned who Aoi really was. Not that Aoi needs to out themselves anytime soon to like their online audience. I think that would be a whole other can of worms. But still, like, I couldn't help but think of that. 
Yeah, in an odd way, I guess being a sort of like young influencer who could potentially grow up on a platform with a a dedicated audience, it it makes me hope that if that were, I know this is entirely fictional, if Aoi was a real person, I, I would hope that their outcome would be similar to that of Nikki Tutorials. Right. She is just a brilliant makeup artist. Yeah. I've learned so much from her and her coming out story was incredibly brave. I would hope that that would be the future in store for Aoi. Um, I know you mentioned the adversity that trans people face. I just feel like this is just an important side note. It's so important that we continue to normalize pronouns and listen to trans people and correct people when they say the wrong things or use the wrong pronouns. From experience, it's never comfortable correcting people to use the right pronoun for someone that they knew pre-transition. But I did and will continue to do so because trans people deserve to be referred to with the correct pronouns and live in their skin confidently with people around them treating them like they deserve to be treated. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm stepping off my soapbox. Sorry. I feel so passionate about this. No, no. Like, that's just something that we felt for the entire episode and stuff. And it was heartbreaking, as you said, to just see them not be accepted by their family. Yeah. I would say something else that I didn't really like was the fact that Satsuki felt the need to apologize to her staff about not explaining who Aoi was because it's not her place to out her relative to her staff. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely disappointing. I had the impression that Satsuki accepted Aoi for who they are, but it's kind of crushing to hear her tell them to dress more masculine at the end of the episode. Right. And also, I'm sure this goes without saying to our listeners, but outing anyone under any circumstances is never acceptable. Whether or not a member of the LGBTQIA community wants to come out is entirely on their terms and on their time and when they're ready. Yeah, and it's not someone else's place to provide that information until they're ready to do that themselves. Absolutely. Just a quick one-sentence personal note. It took me five or six years to post something about my bisexuality on my Instagram for fear of like specific people's responses. So I'm just glad that my inner circle respected that enough to never post or say anything publicly before I was ready. And everybody deserves that safety. Yeah, everyone deserves to be able to come out when they want to do that and to feel safe when they're doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say, I guess the last couple of things that I didn't like, let's see. Oh, I guess to touch on the Satsuki thing. So at first... Like, we thought that she was supportive because it was said that Satsuki gave Aoi, like, her old clothes. Mm -hmm. So, at first I saw that as being accepted, but then, like, once Aoi came back and was dressed as a boy to go to school and everything, and then she was so happy about it, then that's, like, sort of the mixed bag that we were talking about. Yeah. I would say, like I said, the last two things I wanted to sort of touch on was one, um, Mizaki's advice to Aoi was about confronting their bullies, about why they bully Aoi. And I feel like her advice doesn't make sense. Like, it makes sense if it was a different issue. Even so, maybe not. But in this specific thing, like, 
like I feel like well I was gonna say that we live in like a heteronormative society and so it's understandable to say oh you should like confront your bullies so that they can understand like why you are the way you are why you like the things that you do and yes that makes sense because Aoi has been bullied but at the same time I don't really know like how many allies that Aoi would have post confronting them like I think that they should confront the bullies but then I feel that the advice was a little too simplistic if that makes sense yeah I agree I feel like it's really tricky when we're dealing with children I think Misaki is perhaps giving them too much credit for being to communicate on such a mature level yeah, and be able to accept people for who they are just with one conversation or a couple conversations. I can't imagine walking up to a boy that would make fun of me when I was a kid and be like, hey, I'm this way and this is why you shouldn't make fun of me. I feel like I would just be essentially handing him a book of things to make fun of me for yeah. and he would continue to make fun of me. So I don't know that children having a mature conversation to end bullying is the answer. Unfortunately, it's usually something that kind of goes away when you're away from that bully or you both grow up and mature past it. And it's super unfortunate that that's kind of how things are. Maybe I'm out of touch, but that just seems like how things are. That's how things are. At least that's how I think that they are. Yeah. And I guess my last thing would just be I really also hate the fact that when Aoi came to Maid Latte in their uniform, that we find out that Aoi's dad threw out their dresses. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. That was so sad because not only was it a mix of Satsuki's like hand-me-downs, but Aoi also created a lot of their outfits. And so that like took time and heart yeah and designing and just to throw it out just because you disagree like that is so sick and just mean like okay if you i mean you shouldn't throw out any of Aoi's clothes if you had to throw out the clothes then make sure it's just satsuki's hand-me-downs not the ones that Aoi physically took time to create, design, you know, think about where they would wear these clothes, like what occasion. Mm -hmm. That's so messed up. Even so, I believe, if I recall correctly, Aoi said that they altered all of Satsuki's hand-me-downs to fit their measurements exactly. So each and every piece of clothing that their father threw away was something that they spent time on yeah. so that they could enjoy it and wear it confidently. It's so frustrating and heartbreaking. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But yeah, so that was my ice cream you scream. Do you have any? I think that's it. Yeah, that looks like it for me. So for this last episode, because we kind of went a little long, sorry y'all, it's episode five. So a soft serve summary. Stalkers are targeting girls who work at cosplay cafes and Satsuki warns Mizaki to be more careful. Headstrong and independent, Mizaki brushes aside the warnings and does everything at her own pace. Uzui attempts to scare Mizaki multiple times in order to make her get serious about her own protection. Will stalkers target Mizaki? Also, what secret does Aoi have on their phone that horrifies Mizaki? The theme has three possibles. Don't rely on your own strength all the time. Don't disregard people's warnings. And pay attention to your surroundings. 
Those all fit very, very well. Mine was just a really simple statement. Just be vigilant and take safety precautions in your everyday life because you never know what could happen. I feel like I should be wearing like one of those safety neon yellow sashes and like wagging my finger at somebody when I say that. (laughs) Yes. Side note, y'all, there used to have like the self-defense thing at my college. Like you could take a certain amount of classes and you'd be certified in self-defense. That's cool. Yeah. I totally would have done that if my school had that. I mean, I wish I did it and it was at myself. <laughs> Sign up for it. And it's like, uh, I was able to make one or two classes and then it's like, oh, y'all are doing this around finals. Uh, oh, y'all are doing this at this other time. Yeah. Like, so it never quite panned out for me. But if y'all can take self-defense classes or at least carry around some mace those birdie things the whistles stuff like that it's a good thing to have around you oh yeah anyway (laughs) uh i don't have any sprinkles on top do you i do not okay so for floats your boat so episode begins with satsuki telling like her employees about the attacks and providing them with a box of self-defense tools which i thought it was nice that she was trying to prepare them Mm mm-hmm Yeah. In this situation. Very proactive. I feel like she could have done more. But yeah, yeah. I I thought it was nice that she was giving them tools. For sure. And something else that we like, but then slightly dislike for me is the fact that Mizaki is trained in Aikido. So I like that she's strong and she believes in herself. I dislike how confident she is. Right. Aikido skill does not equal invincibility. And I think she kind of thinks that throughout this episode. Yeah. And I think something else that I liked is the fact that the three goons, they make their appearance and they also worry about her safety Mm -hmm. because they heard about the attacks as well. Although, even though they were worried about her safety, they weren't able to go and see Mizaki because they couldn't afford to get anything at the shop. Oh my god, that's right. They they couldn't afford anything. <laughs> so they had to go home. They were so excited. <laughs> so it's like, oh, at least they had the thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this. How much money do we have all together? Oops. Not enough for even one thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. Ugh. Yeah. So during this episode, also what I appreciate is the fact that they showed how expensive it is to go to a maid cafe as a high schooler. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we should all note, hint, hint, (laughs) whatever, that Uzui is still able to go see her. Now, yes, sometimes he does work for the cafe, but he is there all the time. Right, right. So they're at school and Mizaki is ready to go to work. And she's walking through the school and she like notices something weird going on in the classroom. But (laughs) it wasn't anything weird. It was just Sakura doing her homework because I guess she just thinks better in school. Oh, I kind of understand that thinking better at school or not at home. I feel like I do my best thinking when I'm not supposed to be doing that thinking. Like I get story ideas when I'm backstage at a show or something like that. Anytime I'm in a place where I'm not supposed to be doing the creative thinking or the critical thinking... It always comes to be so much easier. Maybe that's what she's getting at. She has like a similar mindset. Yeah. Or maybe I think this could sort of touch on like work-life balance. Oh, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Because when you go home, you want to be able to relax. So it makes sense for her to like not want to disrupt that. So it's like, well, if I can do this at school, then when I get home, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So that's very healthy. 
Yeah. So Mizaki walks Sakura to the station and is talking to her about her own protection. And meanwhile, Uzui comes from the back to try to like scare her, but she like is Mizaki. So she wasn't scared. Yes. <laughs> so they go to Maid Latte. And then he also at another point tries to scare her once more, but she tosses him into the fountain and she's just kind of pissed off in general because it's like, why are you doing all of these antics? When he could literally just talk. Yes. Oh, we'll get to it. Guys, this is just his character trait. Yeah. He could just say what he's thinking instead of doing these actions. But that's just how he moves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so Misaki is just not having it. So in any case, the next day, she has to go to a maid latte and her coworkers had left and Satsuki was at this business meeting for the block and she asked Mizaki to like stay and then she would come back to the store and like lock up. So Mizaki was staying there and she had locked the door. So I guess some of what Yuzui was doing did sort of help, mm -hmm. but not fully because of course there were freaks that were in the store. So these freaks that were in the store, they actually first appeared and Uzui noted them. They first appeared earlier on in the episode where they dropped a spoon to make Mizaki like come over and pick it up and apologize. And then they were like kind of being like weird and smelly. <laughs> then the next time they like dropped a glass and then Mizaki had to go and clean that up. And Uzui clocked that too. But in any case, she locked the store and these people were still in there and they had their tape and they, they were just ready to just well, make Mizaki their hostage. So they go up to the second floor. And meanwhile, Uzui was like walking by the shop and it was dark. So he assumed that everyone went home. But then he heard those creeps talking to Mizaki. And so then he's like on high alert. I can do acrobats now. <laughs> so I'm going to jump onto the balcony that has no curtain and watch what's going on. <laughs> And so the boys were just in love with Mizaki, but in that weird parasocial way. Ugh, yeah. And we're talking about BDSM, which Jesus Christ, I have never, like, I know we talked about it. I have never heard a show talk about BDSM. It just keeps coming up. So, so many times. So much. Too often. And she, she like has her arms behind her back and they covered her mouth and everything. And it looks a little bit dire. And so Uzui's just like, oh, I'm about to take matters into my own hands. But then uh, Mizaki lets her alert Mary Sue strength unleash. Mm -hmm. And then she breaks out of the little handcuff. She takes the tape off. She's like beating them up. And Uzui is laughing. He's also inside because he broke the window. And <laughs> Naturally. And then they call the police and the police get these weirdos and Mizaki was I guess happy that Uzui was there Satsuki faints from mm -hmm. the window being broken yeah. and later on at least the next day Aoi comes back to the shop to check on Mizaki and they also show that they made a photo of Mizaki wearing the dress they created for her as a phone wallpaper. And they sort of just send it around all of her coworkers. And she's like so embarrassed to be wearing this dress. Yeah. Which, I mean, the style doesn't fit her. So, like, I get it. No. Either way, I thought it was like a lighthearted way to end off the episode. Did you have any floats your boat? I have a handful. Okay. 
I thought it was extremely sweet, I guess literally sweet, for Satsuki to send home cakes with Misaki because of her absence from the cafe for one of her meetings. Yeah, it was really, really nice of her to think of them like that. Yeah, and Susano was like, oh, I'm going to eat this for breakfast. I'm going to eat this (laughs) one for dinner. This one can go to mom. I I liked how she was like just rationing rationing out out the cakes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There was a very specific instance, well, later in the episode when Usui is waiting for Misaki or seeing if anybody was left at the cafe and he hears the stalkers inside. My heart absolutely melted at Usui's facial expression when he realized what was going on. The pure concern on his face for Misaki was so evident, and you could see that there was no mask. He let it all fall down. He was worried about her, and he was going to do something about it. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I went back and I watched that moment a few times. I was like, oh, this is so good right here. Yeah, the fact that he was concerned and he automatically was like, I'm going to save her. I'm going to do something about it. I really like that. Mm -hmm. And when he breaks in to save her, of course, you know, after Misaki's gone total harsh school president on the stalkers, I love that Usui just breaks out laughing. It was a total that's my girl kind of moment and he calls her his cute maid again. I loved that. That was a great little scene right there. Yeah, you know, I actually really do like the fact that he re-emphasizes to Mizaki that she is cute because anyone else would be like, oh, she's so strong. She's like a superwoman. She can handle like herself or whatever. And maybe that's what she's more used to hearing. But someone seeing her charms and talking about that, I think that's important for her to be able to hear. So I like that he does that. I absolutely agree. I love that he does that for her. And I guess shows her another side of her femininity. Yeah. But in a more acceptable way Mm -hmm. versus complaining about it. One last thing. Well, I guess obligatory. Very cool that the stalkers get taken into custody. We love to see it, but that's like an obvious flinter mode. Yes, yes. And they had three cops. They were not playing. No, they weren't playing. They really brought out the gun. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, they, the, the, you know... <laughs> Honestly, I might keep that in. I'm embarrassed, but whatever. They brought out everybody for the, the stalker yeah. situation. <laughs> Okay, anyway, uh, my last my last floats your boat would be Misaki very sheepishly thanking Usui and she's blushing. You can see on Usui's face that he really appreciates hearing thanks from her. You know, I feel like he felt that things were like moving. The fact that she was blushing so much that maybe he was being accepted more into her subconscious a little. Yeah. It was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I scream, you scream. So one of the things that did happen within the episode is the fact that Mizaki had to like take supercharge for like class president work because Yukimura couldn't really help her that much with the paperwork. So she's like superwoman doing all of this stuff. And it's just like, okay, y'all have a whole team of people. And you're telling me that it's really just Yukimura and Mizaki that are able to get some of this stuff done. Yeah. It's frustrating because I know from from some experience, I guess, 
There's nothing quite like that sinking feeling when you've delegated a task, but you still have to end up doing it yourself. Yeah. And that happens to her every day. Like, that sucks. I hate that. It's like when you have the group project and then you don't want to fail, so you just end up doing everything. Ugh, for sure. Yeah. So I do dislike that it's just like she's the only competent person throughout this whole thing. I will also say that something that I noticed is that Mizaki has this I can do it all attitude. She's very hyper independent. And while Yukimara like applauded Mizaki for being able to do all that classwork and stuff, I feel that her being hyper independent is really just a trauma response. Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that her dad's not there. Mm -hmm. And so she feels that she has to change the image of Seika High. It's not like the students are helping her. And she has to make the boys be like nicer to the girls. And she has to do all of the paperwork paperwork and she has to protect like her friends and she has to support her family and I feel like because she always expects herself to be so strong and to be so capable it's not fair to her when you know she does have a weaker like moment and it's like who can you look towards to help you if you are so hyper independent all the time right we always need to be able to have a support system to lean on and she's not letting herself have that yeah she's not I guess to also just get into this, something that I disliked, and this is really more so associated with Satsuki, is the fact that she doesn't have, like, a security system for the shop. Right, right. Like, not even a ring camera or something. Yeah, which, I mean, granted... 2010's ring camera. <laughs> I mean, people have ring cameras now. I don't know back in the I don't know. The yeah. time, well, you know, it's Japan, so maybe. Right, right. But, like... Even, like, CCTV. Like, something. Especially because of the fact that there's been... So many like attacks happening at these cafes. You would think that the cops in the area at least would be attentive to the CCTV. But regardless, Satsuki should have a security system if you have a business like even if there are stalkers there are people that will break in and steal your money so at least if you had a security system and someone broke in the cops will get there before she would get there yeah yeah i also didn't like the fact that uh, mizaki's older co-workers just left yeah Really irresponsible given the climate of the situation. I just, I cannot emphasize enough the fact that Mizaki is a minor. So how they can rationalize leaving a minor at the place that they work at without Satsuki coming back is beyond me. Given that they like know the lack of security measures that are going on, you know. Yeah. And they're older. And I think, you know, Subaru like... I get it. You know, I have multiple jobs too. So that is a bit more understandable. But come on, if you have to study for a test, why don't you bring that shit to your job? Then at least you can like study while you wait for Satsuki to come back. So then Mizaki wouldn't be by herself. So I definitely didn't like that. I also kind of wonder about the legality of that. Can you leave a minor to attend a shop? By themselves? I don't think so. Yeah, I somehow doubt that. I don't think, well, I mean, you definitely can't do that here. Yeah. Here being a, like the U.S., you definitely can't do that here. 
but I just don't think that people should be able to do that in general. So I didn't like that. I also didn't like the fact that she assumed that Uzui was looking down on her when she was when he was trying to help her. In I don't in which in which instance? Well, he tries to scare her, and then she doesn't take it well. So then they're just not talking to each other. Oh. Yeah, I feel a little torn about that because she for sure a thousand percent could have been more vigilant because there was so much talk about the stalker cases and she's a smart girl. Like there's no denying that she's a smart girl. But I also see Misaki for criticizing Usui for saying only this in particular, that because she's a girl XYZ, that I understand. Yeah. But for sure she could have been more vigilant. Yeah. And I guess the last thing, I guess I have two things. One is that those two creeps telling her to go upstairs and she's right beside the door. I'm running out the door. (laughs) All they got is a taser. I'm running out the door. I didn't even think it. How did I not even like think of that? (laughs) For me, I was just like, girl, if this girl just doesn't run out the door because all a taser is going to do. I mean, depending on how many times they shoot it off, all it's going to do is like stun you. But like she was right there. And so I just I did not like that. Anyway, outside of that, why didn't they call the cops? Oh, my God. Usui, the second he heard a noise, he could have called the cops and then creeped upstairs. Right. Okay. All of the cops. Both Tom, Dick, and Harry drove over there with that all the cars <laughs> for two people. Yeah. He just needed to call them and just be like, hey, you know, turn your sirens off. This is the area I hear bad things happening in this shop. And then they could have came over. Instead, he wants to be Captain save I'm going <laughs> to jump up onto this balcony. I'm going to go and be looking through this curtain. Meanwhile, that was reckless because they could have just turned and saw his ass looking through the window and then done even worse stuff to Mizaki, or at least one could do stuff to Mizaki. The other one would try to be fighting him. And then it was just crazy. Call, if y'all are in danger, <laughs> call the cops. PSA number two, call the cops if you're in danger. Call the cops. Yes. I love that you want a Shoujo Sun Gay t-shirt. I want one with Usui's face and like a little captain's hat and Captain save Please, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny, actually. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Captain save because he's just, oh, like, you know, hmm, am I going to call the cops? No. Hmm, am I going to call Satsuki <laughs> to be like, girl, you should call the cops right. while you start coming? No, I'm going to do property damage. And then what? He didn't have weapons neither. No. Okay. What was he going to do without weapons? We don't know if he's proficient in, in judo or aikido right. or karate or we don't know. It's just like, oh, I'm a man. Okay, like... (laughs) Yes, his masculinity will save us all. Jesus Christ. No, you're a man. You could call the cops too. I mean, damn. (laughs) 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 That was my my ice cream you screamed. Do you have anything too? (laughs) Yeah, I have a couple more points. Well, here we go. Gianna on her writer's rants. I just pushed up my blue light glasses. So just picture pushing up glasses. Yes, because we are at war. Yes. I don't even know if I can call it foreshadowing because it was so blatantly in our faces the whole episode, but the foreshadowing was just bonked over our heads over and over again that something's going to happen to Misaki with relation to the stalking cases around town. There was for sure no mystery about it. Like, here, here's the rundown. 
Satsuki talks about it at the shop. The three idiots talk about it at school. Misaki warns Sakura about it, and then Usui warns Misaki about it. Then Usui tries to teach her a lesson in his own way about it before something finally happens toward the end of the episode. I feel like either the writers didn't know what else to fill the time with, or they just maybe don't have faith in their audience to pick up on subtler hints. Like, am I dumb? <laughs> right. I don't look dumb. No. I'm smart. <laughs> I don't need... <laughs> About it to be like, you know what, we're going to talk about this eight, ten times. No, okay? You don't need to be a dead horse. No. The horse has been dead. It is dead. It's super dead. It's gone. <laughs> the rigor mortis is setting in. I don't need y'all to beat it no more. I got it. We can handle it from here. Thank you. We'll bury it. Yes. <laughs> A super, super quick ice cream, use cream that I feel like almost goes without saying is when the customer drops his spoon and his glass on purpose to make Misaki pick it up. It literally made my skin crawl. It's the gross combination of him wanting to see her bend down to pick it up or his satisfaction of making her do extra service for him for me. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and you know what? Something that I didn't like is the fact that Uzui peeped it. He peeped that shit multiple times. Mm-hmm. And especially when the glass thing, why didn't he tell Satsuki that those people were being weird as hell? Who the hell breaks that shit on purpose? And then you see that they do it on purpose and you don't say, hey, owner of this establishment, here's these two guys. They're being weird. Right. Like, keep an eye on that. Yeah. That should have been on everyone's radar, not just Uzui's radar. Oh, no. Maybe I hope this isn't the case. I hope it wasn't playing into his Captain save complex where, like, he expected something to happen, so he was going to do something about it, and he knew it was those guys. I don't... I don't, I don't want to think that. No, I don't think he even had an inkling. I think he assumed that the attackers would be, like, random people, not someone in the shop, you know? If anything, those shop guys were more copycats than anything else, because it wasn't a full-on attack. They were just trying to get her to do, like, sexual-related favors or made stuff or whatever i guess but i don't think he did it in that sense did they specifically mention spanking or am i making that up no they did oh my god oh i hate it i hate it (laughs) and we're grown so sometimes (laughs) that can be all right but like (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry but like no because when i was her age Ooh, corporal punishment was a real thing. I don't know, man. The BDSM inclusion is so weird. Yeah. I have... I have one more point. Okay. And it's that I find it a little hard to believe that Misaki allowed the stalkers to restrain her at all. It was an interesting choice for the animators or the writers to not even include the struggle in the final cut or at all. Like, it would be so hard to believe that maybe the creators were just like, eh, well, let's just gloss over this for plot, and she's just suddenly restrained in the next scene. Either it was they didn't know what to do with it, or perhaps it was in her plan to get in the handcuffs and evade the taser that way. Although I still kind of think she could have easily knocked the taser out of his hand if she caught them off guard, because they didn't expect her to be so strong and so quick. Yeah. I feel like she could have just done that and then escaped. I feel like, at least with that, something I'd like to believe, I don't know if I'm just rewriting history here, but I'd like to believe that she thought Satsuki was already there. So maybe she assumed that they took Satsuki somewhere else while she wasn't picked 
paying attention. Oh. And so maybe she was just like, I'll do what they say because I don't know if I'm the only person. Although she does mention that when Satsuki sees the window when she gets back, she'll faint. I don't know if she said when she gets back, but I can't remember. Well, guys, that is episode two of Shoujo Sunday. We are so glad that you came back to chill with us and to listen to us talk about Maid-sama. And we are going to be back next week as well. Please leave us five stars wherever you are listening to this podcast because we want as many people within the anime community or people just interested in shoujo to find us also make sure to follow us on social media we are at shoujo sunday on instagram on twitter we even have an email address our email address is shoujo sunday podcast at gmail.com slide into our dms yes so you can send us an email as long as it's nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess about your own observation of Maid Sama. We'd love to hear from you. And you can follow us as well. I am at Chica Supreme on all social platforms. And Gianna? I am at Gianna underscore Luna underscore. Gianna has one N. And that's me across social. So you can find me there. You can tear me to shreds for not knowing Kohai if I said it wrong or something. Or you can send me Captain Save a Ho fan art. Yes, please make Captain Save a Ho fan art. Do not drag her. I will drag you back. <laughs> but anyway, that is the episode. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.